Greetings and welcome back to Peripheral Thinking, the series of conversations with academics, advisors, entrepreneurs and activists, all people working to champion the ideas on the margins, the periphery. Why? Well, the ideas which will shape the mainstream tomorrow are hiding right there on those margins, the periphery. And through these conversations, we hope to inspire you with this thinking, inspire you with these ideas so that you can bring them back to the mainstream of your, of your work, of your life, of the day to day. In today's conversation, I, um, I speak to Danny Shmulevich. Now, Danny is a true wilderness guide. I don't know if he uses that exact phrase, but that's certainly my kind of feeling. Danny grew up in the Sinai Peninsula and his kind of work and life has seen him living, hunting, exploring, learning from various nomadic tribes, whether the Bedouins or the the sand tribesmen. Danny's story is one from the wilds of Africa uh, all the way to the the kind of leafy surrounds of Gloucestershire. It's a story of hunting, it's a story of learning, it's a story of healing. Uh, I hope you enjoy the conversation with Danny as much as I did. Uh, And, you know, I look forward to hearing your thoughts. Danny, thank you for joining me on Peripheral Thinking. Good to be here. How do you describe your work? If I, I, in my mind, I was thinking desert and wilderness guide. Is that right or wrong? Well, wilderness come into it, yes. The definition of guide, guiding, yes. That's come, I think it's probably there is a link there. Although I don't feel that I'm, yeah, I suppose I would take the credit of guide and leading it and and so on for the last 25 years or more. Um, But yeah, the connection to that part of the world, the desert that I'm very much uh, Feel at home there is 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 big chunk of my life. So yeah, so it's so it's why guideness because when you receive people to your home, you don't feel a guide. Mm. You're not guiding. I mean, you are you're hosting people. You're holding create a safe place for them to be in wilderness, which is quite something to be held, kind of to be vulnerable and safe in in a wilderness or desert. That's quite profound place yeah. to be because uh, you know when you ask yourself when is the last time you held you, you you felt vulnerable and safe is uh, probably in your our mum's arms. Mm, yeah, I suppose that's how it's feel. I think the the particular location where I'm running the work there is is probably the most feminine GPS in the planet. I would say it's mm. incredible. So it's feel very mother. You know, the mother Earth is is she is around you. Yeah, not in in a you feel it. It's vibration. It's kind of trigger deep, deep resonance within us. I think that's 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 what it is. So it's why I never feel that I'm doing anything. It's just doing it. And so where 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 did you where was growing up then? So your name your name's from your name is from uh, you're saying outside Prague. But so where yeah. was where was but, growing? Up? But I I grew up in Galilee, so that was kind of my early days of when I beginning to orientate my relationship to the, <laughs> to the world. Mm. I think as a child, I think it didn't feel that it's the right place for me to grow, for whatever reason, whatever happening around me, it was shut me down for many many years. And I hardly could speak. So I grew up. That's my first connection to the indigenous people there. there. That's where I felt comfortable. I suppose, you know, nowadays I probably will, you know, be under category of special need or 
autistic child or something that's you know not communicating mm. I was that was my the, my formative years was basically in a in a around the firing in under the canopy with the the tribes around us is that what your family were doing or is that what you were doing that's what I'm doing then no, family were in a community in in certainly there uh, but um but i i wasn't i was very definitely did, couldn't fit myself today it would be as i said it would be something wrong with this child so. mm. and my dad gave me the freedom to grow around the fire which was mm. i thought it was a very um you know not try to f- definitely didn't try to fix me and i think that's probably the my deeper connection to what i'm doing now is is to work with that quality of well quality of freedom if you, mm-hmm. if you can describe it like that because it obviously wasn't any nomadic communities living in a they're not fitting in it's, yeah they're not fitting in fit me very well so, right yeah and okay I, later on i become kind of the voice to the voiceless uh, mm-hmm. for this for these people right for somebody who was not speaking for a long so time not speaking not fitting in yeah yeah and so Galilee, obviously, a hugely kind of evocative name for clearly lots of yeah. biblical, yeah. mythological tradition. But it was nothing of this, this biblical background is resonate with me at all. It almost uh, kind of get me out of here. That's not my terrain. It felt somehow energetically very uncomfortable. And I, probably I can today can understand it a bit more why. But I think if we go to that historic location the you know the place is saturated with conflict and and a lot of righteousness of course and so my understanding that god doesn't have religion so mm. i never understood religion if since god is not religion why we what's what's that is all about god is not a muslim he's not christian he's not jewish he's not buddhist it's just god it definitely that god definitely didn't have a beard so. unlike us yeah well that's part of kind of you know we're putting god on a pedestal which is basically a male for some reason still mm. and that's that's off-putting for me anyway it was yeah i was looking for the goddess what you're describing there the nomadic communities kind of not fitting in and feeling a kind of resonance a connection with those so i've just because i'm really curious i also feel that kind of real sort of attraction curiosity to that idea of the the nomadic people which of course is obviously in many ways very very different to the kind of context that i live in now but i'm kind of really curious tell me more about those tribes well i think this tribe in galilee it was and then later on in the sinai desert it's a different tribe that i met later on in kalahari in namibia it was a springboard it was a kind of introduction to to community to people that holding a connection that or information i would describe it that's not available to to the modern man and mm. that's that's the information that i was seeking as suppose of the knowing how do they know how do they know how to find a you know to dig to find water so i think their knowing their sense um, their antennas that was i think the curiosity of to find out more about how they navigate their life and it's not it wasn't through thinking it was a very real vibration field of feeling so it was something connection that we are so i i felt very uh, drawn into it it was uh, you know that question how do you know it's a kind of seeing to be able to sing it's not a visual scene it's 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 a it's a kind of a feeling scene. they can see you they can feel you and that's the connection that i was longing to and i i 
today I understand where it's coming from. But I think it's but that was the magnet for me to explore that, which made me feel very comfortable. Just going back, how old were you when so you spoke about your dad kind of letting you uh, gave you the freedom oh, in, to go? So. In, uni, in very early five, six, seven, I was already in a kind of in a field. Dad used to come and collect me. It was four-wheel drive. That, but I, he knew that I'm safe. And these were these were just sort of tribes who were nearby. I mean, it's like nearby, how do you decide? The grays, <laughs> yeah, the greys in our fields. So yeah, so there were. But I could sense that there's some non-trust gap there. You know, the, the connection was, you know, it was people that not fitting in, and they couldn't relate to them, their language, their everything about it. And there was obviously it was the relationship to. Um, have been seen like a primitive or whatever kind of category that just grazing their animals. So obviously, look look at look at those people that are less advanced or like that. But it was probably the description. Obviously, was probably nowadays will related to racism. But the, so the time with them kind of nurtured that idea, that question, that curiosity in your mind, the attraction to these people, which were, like I say, kind of voiceless, nomadic, not fitting in. And so that that from there, spending time with more more tribes, different tribes and into a kind of into the Sinai, into new areas, what was the sort of, yeah, what was the journey? I, I think it is really probably unconsciously I attracted to it because you're looking for a real connection. And I think to understand that connection, we probably need to go to our own historical connection, which is going back all, all the way down to, to our mother, of course, the ultimate kind of mother, mother nature. And there's something to do now I'm a bit more accurate about that, that experience, that feeling before I, you know, I just, I, I don't think I was fully aware of what I'm looking for. I mean, today I can put some translation to it a bit more clear translation why what happened really and i think that connection with the mother it's it's a oneness connection that we all experience we all that's that's universal you know nine months we are 100 percent connected every cell resonate with us and then we coming out walking towards life and then the separation start and we're beginning to experience all sort of events that some of them could be quite dramatic and we might describe them abandonments or rejection or, or just not good enough. And we, we're looking for that connection all through our life. We want to, re- to reconnect. You know, we're all longing for this wireless connection. And it's been imitated through relationship and okay. And, but it's that level of connection, it's, it's very rare. How do you resonate with someone on that level of oneness, which is, on a, um, we're talking about on a cellular level, really. It's not an esoteric oneness. It is, um, there is, configuration into oneness there is something very precise it's a very the geometry of oneness it's it's beautiful and that's that's kind of connection is i wouldn't say it's not available but i think it's it's hard to i mean we get the grip of it and that make the enough the a connection that make relationship but very quickly after that i think we we experience we tend to experience relationship of convenience how do you wake up every morning and fall in love with a partner or something else? But that's the oneness, if, if you can make that connection. Otherwise, it is most of us experience the falling in love with the idea of each other. So let's go back to this. It's interesting, the desert. For me, the desert represents that oneness. And it's on a cellular level, not the story, not the kind of that, not the, the story that we are, the humanness and the human condition around the mother, you know, the that we are not uh, 
So that's, that's the, I think, the bigger mother, the mother of what we call mother nature. I think probably that's where I feel most comfortable. And that's where the retreat based on, I suppose. That's kind of the connection to what I do today, because I think it's, there is a, it's very quickly, uh, we call it nature, but we are that nature. And we, we find it very much easier to dissolve to that connection, to that the bigger form of configuration of mother nature than our own mother, mother nature. And I'm witnessing it kind of every day. It's kind of bypassed all the trial allowed human condition and that, that connection that we're all looking for, I think, is is the marriage. It's we are it, we are experienced the oneness. And I think that's where I suppose why people are drawn into kind of what we call nature. It's a sort of place without judgment. Yeah, it's without judgment. It's without, you know, you don't have to be good. You don't have to, you know, it's the, it's the place of truth. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. the, that's the truth of you is beautiful. And there's no difference between this beautiful oak tree and yourself. It's, mm-hmm. uh, so it's the terrain of nature. There's no, there is the, the separation. It's only in this container of the mind, which I call it kind of the bonsai condition, mm-hmm. kind of a little pot there. And, Trying to navigate through it, but um, but that's not who we are. So, um, just going back for a moment. So, the uh, that, that question that you were asking of the tribes, how do you know? How do you know whether it's yeah. water? How do you know? How do you yeah. how are you able to hunt? Yeah. I mean, I'm really I, I, curious about that. They, 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 they couldn't actually, of course, it came up. There's no, it didn't come up with any uh, scientific explanation to it. But when, when I witnessed the hunting, the hunt with them, as we're walking in the morning at kind of first dawn and we stop and then I question, why are we stopping? And said, well, they, they can see the antelope. And that is in Namibia Desert in Kalahari. And I just looking around and said, well, I, I don't see any antelope. And my guy said, well, yeah, yeah, they, they, they can see an antelope. So my left brain obviously kind of doing the usual, yeah, I believe it when I see it kind of thing. And then we carry on and walking and then here it was the antelope and that's that's that was a big wow in my life kind of so that that's kind of how do they know that's the way of seeing and i Mm. could sense that they're sensing something but to name it so accurately to name it antelope that was a big deal and that's Mm. that was a a big question of of how do they sense the world around them the environment around the second wow was i stay behind and they start to move in a very, very beautiful one, as you can call it, in a, like a flock of starling, towards towards the antelope. And obviously my question, again, it was why the antelope not running away and obviously noticing it. And they need to come very close to it because to be effective with the arrows, they have to be close. And, and the antelope not running away. And that's, that was, that's, that's as beyond any, I couldn't translate any, none of that. And then, of course, needed to get you know 20 30 meter to be effective and then and then the arrow just went and landed on the ground when i asked them how how that works they said well, they become like the antelope that's as far as you know this was you know i i couldn't i couldn't put any signs behind it what what, what do you mean become just the antelope but yeah so if you become like the antelope yes so that so of course the antelope not running away i can understand that but they're not antelope and that's the first, probably my first glimpse of oneness. They knew how to do a oneness with antelope, basically. Not just with antelope. They, they knew they, they still live in a oneness. That's, 
and the gathering. Still, still even awareness. The separation starts agricultural age. With, that was the beginning of the separation of of nature and and us and agriculture and control and all the rest of it. And I think that's evolutionary. I think that's where you know where we are. It's we kind of trying to fit down to where we age of we call it digital age, but it is very much we shrunk to our head kind of. The thinking, the left brain at go five thousand years go back, I don't think would help them or serve them to to hunt the antelope. So that the brain was somewhere else. It's probably more in the gaps. Or as they call it, we've got thousand eyes in the body. They see from a different place. But even when you ask them to remember when you ask them to draw self-portrait, they couldn't do it. The the real landscape, there's no separation between the self hasn't been evolved yet. That, that was when we gave kind of a children between nine and eleven to draw in. They, they couldn't. There wasn't me and and nature or the environment. It was the their skin is is was out there for them. So then that was a. I, I don't think we can close the gap of to feel it, but I think we're getting from time to time in our life. I think we got a glimpse of that connection, which happened. It's why I was attracting. You know the held all my retreat in the desert because it was something, the connection there, it's a very, I think it's something to do with our makeup, the cellular level of our own terrain. I mean, the desert is a silica desert and, you know, our skin is silica, our eyes is silica, our air is silica, all the mineral. It was very, I think it was the process of dissolving into that, the vibration field of desert probably it's, it's quite, um, it, it is profound connection. I, I'm not surprised that our three prophets started the career in that desert. You know, mm. they all started in You know, all something happened. And obviously, after 40 days, you do come glowing. And we've seen this through my work. And you can see the, the glow in a very, very short time. So you, you were hosting people in the desert then? Yes, yeah. So you witness the transition. People go and been in solitude for three days, just drinking water, so just doing fast. and So everything is calmed down, and that's, it just kind of speed up the kind of the, the connection. But it's the most tender energy between people that I ever experienced. And that's, I suppose, that I would qualify that's probably the unconditional love would be very accurate and the unconditional the last unconditional love that we experience is again is with the, with the mother is our mother and i think that's what we actually that's that's what's happening in that that's the connection actually there's unconditional love and that's probably why we refer it as a mother nature as well mm. so you were you were hosting people uh in the desert running these things but you're not in the desert now so what changed well life kind of you know, sometimes kind of put you on a on the edge and ask yourself, what did you learn? Things change dramatically in in the desert ten years ago, and the political weather changed. But although the inner my inner weather changed too, and I, I experienced um, very profound, uncomfortable experience with my health, which I didn't know at all what happened there. I was in the middle of in the middle of the desert with my son, with Jonathan. He was building a school with the children. The children build their own school, and we're just leading it. My health was deteriorating. 
And I was just, my suspicion was water, of course, that drank contaminated water. And it was the point that I needed to go to. Well, at, at that time, I didn't, hospital didn't come across my mind because I'd never been in hospital before. And was kind of, so I came back to here, to England, and um, collapsed and, and found myself in an emergency unit. And I remember what they say uh, when I, you know, you're just lying there with all sort of tubes and wired into all sort of uh, machines. And I said, well, you, you broke the NHS liver inflammation and we prepare you for liver transplant. So that was, uh, was interesting uh, news, which didn't quite resonate with in my space at all. So I, I obviously, I, I did challenge that and I said, well, I, it sounds like a big deal and so I need to think about it. So you've collapsed, you know you've collapsed. There's been some complete yeah. sort of breakdown of body, which mm-hmm. is a uh, you know, massive liver inflammation. So kind of liver failure, I guess that, that is. Well, the liver failure. Yeah. And so liver failure. And uh, you've had to come back to the UK. So you're in a hospital uh, and the doctor is saying to you, you have liver failure. We need to transplant your liver. That's a very clear sum up. Yes, yeah, thank you. Okay. <laughs> Which does sound pretty sometimes intense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you have to put some translation to from time to time to my uh, story. So, and that was led to interesting dialogue with the doctor, which uh, I he, that um, led to a conversation that was nothing to do with my health. He wanted to know what I'm doing. So you, so you basically said to he said you need a liver transplant. You said this sounds like a big deal. Uh, I'm not sure I'm ready for this. So what, what happens at that point? So at that point, I, I ask him to some time, basically, to you know, I, I need some space to do some work. I told him I'm working with Indigenous people. That there's something that I feel that I need to do before we go into the, the mood of fixing. Uh, and I, I had a kind of sense that you know, all my 40 years in the desert kind of brought me to that place of asking, okay, what did you learn? Right. It was a powerful kind of shift in my kind of, okay, you, you're, teaching, you're teaching this work called, you know, for many years. And this is your kind of, I would say, walk the talk. Uh, so when, when you say work? I couldn't describe, you know, when I say the work. But there was a feeling that there was something you needed to do for yourself before you submitted to this sort of big kind of medical intervention, the big, so they're saying, we're going to take your liver out. Your feeling was, no, I don't want to go there yet. Um, there is there is some healing that I can do or some time that I need to give to to respond before that happens. Was that, that was the, what was kind of coming up for you? Yeah. Yeah. I think it, I knew that there was a kind of a, a place that, it's either you kind of give your power away to whatever you are the expert, you'll fix it, or you're creating a space, a condition for healing. And which I knew that that is that that's what I call the the work. There's mm. a certain condition in our own alignment in our body that creates a space for healing. But we have become very good to to do the kind of the super glue business, and mm. we can fix this and we can fix that. So I knew it was a choice there. It's either you are what I call doing the work is create alignment with your own constitution to do the work or you submit yourself to the fixing business. And so the doctor yeah. agrees, says, okay. He agrees, said, we'll, we'll give you, I'm, I'm happy to support you there, but we'll be, we're going to check you in every half an hour. And how, if, how, did you have a feeling at this point for how long the work would take? I mean, I, no, I didn't. what was coming? I, no, I didn't. But I was, it wasn't any anxiety or fear. But I, I knew that I need to shift myself to completely, you know, for me to do the work 
what was required and is is to be out of your mind how long you can hold yourself in this um, condition of being out of your mind mm. completely present and lead yourself into it i i didn't know if i can hold it for and for how many hours but that's 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 what that's what happened and that's the work basically and that's and i know that that was the challenge of what what was required there is for me to get out of my mind to be mm. able to is it possible to answer the question i mean how do you get out of your mind how did you get out of your mind i think i think that well i think breathing as you know when you when you breathe consciously you can't think mm-hmm. you know that i mean that is a that's a practice that we all kind of exercise daily but to hold it for such a long time for 5 hours or more that's the space that when the body beginning to align itself and you you get uh, when I say align yourself, align really. I'm talking about on a cellular level. When you configuration of who you are, really, not your story, not who you are, but on the on a cellular level, who you are on your on your that is what is your nature. That's the point where the body beginning to very quickly beginning to restore itself. And I knew it. I knew it from witnessing it. The tribes and people that that I recover very very quickly but with the great support of the people around them but i knew that that is my own that's there's nobody there just i need to leave myself into it because if i I think about intentionality around breathing or awareness around breathing like for me you know for sure the the mind definitely hasn't gone away and so in its kind of all its sort of chattering sort of controlling responding form Uh, and so, in a way, is is that what you mean by kind of out of your mind? It's also really it's really funny, isn't it? The, the phrase "out of your mind" has such negative connotations in kind of our our culture yeah. here. Mm-hmm. But in in what you're talking about, it was the source of recovery. It was the place it, of recovery. That's, that's what's required. I mean, that's that's the you know that's when you are when you are out of this container of the mind container, the conditional. That running kind of basically, it's a very mechanical impulse that run like all, uh, most of our life. So it's definitely shutting down the. It's a domination of uh, the mechanical mind. It's somewhere in the background, but it's it's. Um, but deeper you go into it, yeah, I would qualify to out of the mind because I think it's the mind wasn't wasn't on a screen of in the space there, and and time wasn't there either. So clock time, it wasn't something that I was aware of. At all. So I think you you might call it kind of breaking the spell of time, mm. just in mind. But breaking the spell of time was very much part of the uh, process too. So kind of useful just to kind of keep reminding myself, the conversation, we're, what we're describing here is you in the midst of a sort of a kind of medical emergency <laughs> um, where the liver, the liver has failed. The doctors are basically saying you need an emergency transplant. You've asked for time kind of space for you to go into what I guess could we describe as really a, a sort of deep sort of meditative space, just absorbed in the body, the body being everything to kind of create a space where the body can heal. And, and so I guess, did you kind of go into that sort of uh, believing that that's what needed to happen? I I need to go into the space so the body, body can heal or was it just like, no, this is the right response irrespective well, of what I, happens? I know for my, all my work that I've done that the body never lie. So mm. it is, it is, it is the anchor that, and I'm witnessing it and I could see from, from my experience with uh, the tribe that that's where they're working from. That's, that's, 
you know, they don't have NHS around the corner. All the principle of healing is is related to that nature of our body. So I know that, I mean, we've got this power. And of course, it's not a control power. It's not a mind power. And that's true to all of us. I think it's it's a birthright power that we all have. Mm. How do you resonate with that? That's access to it and and gain your power back, as we said. I think that's our challenge, I think, in where we are now. And I was aware of what's happening because the nurse used to, you know, they're coming in and out and just plug you and my eye closed. And then after a few hours, um, doctors come and just whispering in my ears. So well, I don't know what you're doing, but carry on because it's working. Right. You know, to stabilize the blood flow in your liver. And I'll come back in a couple of hours and we, I want to talk to you about it. So uh, that was kind of, and um, I mean, when it came back, we had a long chat about it and you're just writing and writing and writing and asking what you're writing. And that, well, I'm writing now the book of quantum medicine and you're going to be in my book. So I've got all the reference. So uh, this is the this is the doctor. Yeah, yeah. I think what happening NHS now that the doctor know it, but they're not free and allowed to talk about. Uh, and that's what I suppose that what quantum medicine is about now. Right. So I guess incredibly yeah, incredibly fortunate that this was the doctor in this situation yes. at this time that kind of allowed the conditions for well, this seven hours of transformation. Yeah, you know, it's that's life. I don't know. I don't believe in coincidence. It's, you know, it's mm-hmm. kind of whatever has been orchestrated and we were all participating in it. And it was, I, I knew that it was, there's no point to argue with life. It was that's either you participate in it or you. So essentially this, this day, at, at breakfast, there's liver failure. And at tea time, there is a healthy liver. Well, it will. You say it took a long time to restore it because it released a lot of new cells and like to release kind of the old cells. So it's that that's he said you will have at least a couple of months of very inflammatory experience. You're going to be on fire, and you need to watch that fire. And that's brought me to my next chapter, which bring me to that kind of a big leap to climate change. Right. Because, okay. And that's what's the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing because I, I experienced it in my body. I was in fire. When you say you're on fire, what do you mean by that? When I fire, you know, my body was in, you know, full ulcer and it was uh, emotionally, obviously, it was a lot of anger and rage. How, you know, find yourself in a situation of when your body is falling apart. It was very interesting in the conversation that I had with the doctor. I said, well, you know, inflammation is not what we do. Um, we are kind of the fire brigade here in a hospital. He said 95% in hospitals is, is inflammatory. All the disease, all what happened, the, the, the 5%, the rest of it, it's on. It's few broken limbs, probably. The skin problem, all our, so all, it's all inflammatory. And I thought, well, if, if we are on fire, then what the chance of, <laughs> you know, that's, that's it. it. For me, it was such a clear, projection to the climate change with, mm-hmm. until we find a way to cool ourselves and i don't think there's a chance you know the next cop not going to save the planet and if you look on a kind of a global map of the climate change it's the way it represents itself is it's fire it's mm-hmm. rage it's fire anger is fire conflict is fire war it's fire we are in a very very fiery terrain i don't know if you're familiar with a vedic term they call it high pita it's based on a natural kind of air, fire, air, and water. So 
when we out of balance, then that's we could be drowning. But where we are now is it's is obviously fiery. It's a, we are in a very fiery state. And if you ask every electric engineer, he'll tell you if you're not connect the brown things, you're going to cause fire. And that's the connection, the brown things, the earth connection. I think that's what's missing in our. We call it nature, mm. but it's the grounding that we're talking about. We understand balance in our head, and yes, we need to bring balance. But you only can ride a bike when the body registers balance, not because you understand balance. Mm -hmm. So we understand balance, but if the body not registering, it still be out of balance. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where that's our challenge is to feel it. We understand things mentally, and experience even the emotion, the weather around it. But feeling, we turn, we model feeling and emotion. But feeling, it's a very, is the antelope experience. It's either you feel it or not, and, and I think that's maybe it's worthwhile to distinguish between feeling and emotion. And it's obviously we experience in our everyday life is we want to be felt. You know, the feeling felt. That's where we're beginning. You know, the first tantrum of every child is when the child starts to feel when you when we are not feeling felt by our parents. You know that the parents love you, but if you can't experience love energetically. So we understand each other most of the time, but getting each other at something else. So a lot of these these kind of these insights, the connecting the internal weather to the external weather, you getting more awareness, more clarity of these things coming out of this sort of cataclysmic medical emergency. Yeah. But so, you, so you've had this, you've had this day, you've then had, you know, like you say, months of recuperation and rebuilding and sort of fire and kind of sort of ill health as you as your body and liver is recovering yes my well my reaction is obviously was grounding and what i did i just walked for seven days i did the camino that was my recovering my grounding work and mm. it wasn't easy it was uh, my my job was a day walk but that was the most difficult walk i ever done and how, so how long after the, the, this, the, the, the day, if we call it the day, how long after the day did you do the walk? Oh, a few months after that. It was crazy. It was, I, I wasn't ready to do that even. It was just, the doctor said, don't, this is, you're, you're not, you're too weak. And, mm. uh, but it was kind of, uh, it's the only place that I could actually. Yeah. So it's, I would say, probably <laughs> three months after that, I was walking. Right. The and walking this long long walk the very you know I, I did it very i paced it very you know just i didn't walk every day i stopped and i did some writing and drawing and cook and a lot of cooking and building bread ovens and along the way and yeah it was it was it was a journey for seven weeks and but very you know it was a lot of hard meridian walk there it was mm -hmm. a bare feet and doing things with my hand and that was a yeah one of probably the most powerful journey I ever I ever done. It was simple. It was steps by step by step, but it wasn't easy at all. And that's true to the the whole experience. That I even go back to the hospital. It, it's simple, but not easy. It's very simple to breathe, but it's not easy. And would you say that simple but not easy that has characterised much of the last ten years, particularly? Yes. So this yeah. this medical event was ten years ago, right? Yeah, they're coming back from the desert. This yeah. all happening. Yeah. So the, the journey in the last 10 years, has that been a continuation of the simple but not easy? It's, that's, uh, that's, I would say that's the line. That's, mm. you know, it's um, taking sabbatical from the organization to dismantle 
all this identity of you know Daniel of the desert. It's that that was a big journey, yeah. And when I say simple, it's you know yes, it's I just had to grow vegetables and um, cook and walk and sleep and it's it's all very it's a very simple principle of nature but but obviously it's not easy because we're still wired to very very strong mechanical mind that kind of um, want to be in control it was not possible for you to go back to the desert after this no, I mean, since it's it's happened the same week that it's happened the spring uh, arab version started uh, okay yeah it was all it was it's so interesting that it was wow. happened in the same week so, so your your medical and, and, emergency and, and the arab spring at the same yeah. time yeah so it's everything's happened on on that time which was just interesting weird connection so the regime changed everything changed i couldn't go back so uh, and because and, because the regime changed it's not possible so for you to go back it was politically for me it wasn't safe to go back but you know, it, it took me at least a couple of years to kind of to really kind of. But I, I realized that I, I gather from my own organization, the trustee, that look, this is not safe for you to go back now. And why? Why is that? What was the? Why is that? Why is it not safe? It's, it's go back to my early days of not fitting in. What I did in a desert and in, in Sinai Desert. We're talking about the Sinai Desert now in Egypt. Is I was working with a community that not fitting in the Bedouin, they're not fitting in. And I was kind of a threat to basically to the to a regime that didn't quite support and liked what, you know, that engagement that it's beyond tourism, let's put it like that. Mm. I was just creating infrastructure there, empower the women and, and restoring the culture, the working with you know, the gardens there, which is basically resuscitating kind of the whole community. The money was a big money coming into that. So it's it's a the, the not fitting in was very uh, you know it was what you basically who are you what are you doing here mm, right. and I was kind of connected to influence people. So one day you're sitting with the first lady, uh, and the next day sitting with people around the fire. So it's it's just too many dots that they couldn't fit in, and so. It, I think they're probably the most, the only category that could fill in. Well, you must be a spy or something like mm-hmm. that. So, uh, particularly with kind of background from the Israel connection. So yeah, so you're seen as seen as a threat, can't go back. And uh, after the, all these sort of cataclysmic events, and then the recovery, simple but not easy. But then you also kind of find yourself in a where you effectively. Are home homeless again? So homeless, but at home, can't go back again. Can't fit in again. Can't fit in with the people who you were fitting in with because of these changes, health changes, political changes. So sort of a, a kind of forced homelessness again, a forced to move again. And so then the the kind of new the new home, the new old home, I guess is is back in the UK. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, there's well, it's my children here, and it's felt kind of more kind of a hiding place. And I remember my boys saying, well, you know, Dad, you've done the wow. And I think you can do it here as well, but you don't need the wow. You just invite people around the fire with a cup of tea. That will do. I mean, there's mm. And that's basically what kind of, if you like, kind of put the, the structure around it based on that connection to the fire, to, you know, nature is, okay, it's not theatrical and dramatic like the beautiful canopy of star in a desert, but 
it's a space between the trees here. Mm. So it's, uh, it's different, but it's, it's still particle of nature is all around us all the time. Even if you live in middle of London in a brick house, you know, the brick house is pure nature. You know, it's particle of mica, silica and, and feldspar. It's come from deep, deep magmatic earth. It's so, you know, held by Mother Nature all the time. Mm. You don't need to walk 5,000 miles to, to find, you know, a piece of nature. We are, mm. we are it. We are in it all the time. We're just romanticizing nature. But we we are nature and we are living nature all the time. Yes, the installation is very intense, and that's what's interfered with our the energetic nature of who we are, and that's why we find it challenging. But the fabric of it is nature. So all all of these all of these different threads, kind of going all the way back to you know sort of finding a connection with these nomadic people, that kind of resonance, that identifying with sort of not fitting in through all of those sort of cataclysmic events you were talking about, the sort of the, the kind of personal transformation of kind of healing yourself in that moment, and also then the the kind of big changes happening in the desert and sort of Danny of the desert not being possible, being based in the UK. So how and where do all these things come together? What would you, how do you describe your work now? I think the, I think the, the base of my work based on the, that the body never lies. That's mm. kind of, that's the benchmark. That's the anchor of it. So kind of we bypass the work, is bypass the mental story, the, all the, you know, I'm not interesting to, you know, this is, this, that's not what, I, I'm not a therapist, I'm not dealing with trauma and the drama. I'm just, it's, it's really down, down to the cellular level to understand and to witness. And I do encourage people that come in here to, not believe a word I say because they need to experiencing it, mm. and you need to own it. You are the program. I'm just I just create the space for you, which is very safe and held. So probably what I brought from desert is create that space that people can feel vulnerable and safe very very quickly and held to be able to create that process of dissolving into the bigger version of who you are, which is to be more accurate about it, is about your nervous system that beginning to communicate with the, the system of nervous system all around us, the, the, what we might call nature. Mm. And when our body beginning to resonate with that field of, you know, field of the terrain of nature, that's, that's the closest oneness experience that we begin to feel. That's, that's basically, I'm resuscitating kind of the mother connection. Mm-hmm. And that's happened very quickly. In three days, you are witnessing expansion. And I'm talking about expansion mm. that is measured very accurately. So it's not something, again, it's nothing spiritual about it, nothing esoteric about it. It's a tangible feeling, but you, that you are at the uh, outcome of it. If you like. mm-hmm. so, so the three days you're talking, you're, you're referring three to days. retreats that you host where the people three, can come. Days, yeah. The three days is orientation, first day is orientation to it, second day is fasting, mm-hmm. just drinking water, and that's the whole the whole diet around that is is basically aimed to alkaline yourself and to bring uh, bringing from this roller cost uh, life situation to zero balancing. Mm-hmm. The zero balancing is equivalent to the steel pond. If you look, look in a pond. When the pond is completely still and you throw a pebble, you see those beautiful ripples. 
if the pond is messy and mucky and then you don't see the ripples. So imagine that your heart is in the middle of the pond, expanding and contracting them, send these your, your beautiful ripples. So we, in three days, you create that stillness. And that's, that's where the expansion taking place. That's where the healing, that's the place of healing that I call. Now, to go back to the hospital, uh, with all the interfering, with all the magnetic field around you, but you, you still can do that. You, know, you don't need to do it in, in a, you know, climb a mountain or travel to the next piece of nature. You are it and you are what required is to exercise this muscle and to create this cell skin around you when the body beginning to heal. The body will heal only through stillness. But you need to, you are, you are in charge. You're, you need to lead that. You need to create that condition. And again, it's not a mind condition. So to dissolve, to surrender to that space, to allow the body to do the work, uh, we need to lean and trust that there is another brain in our, you know, in our, call it a heart brain or a guts or whatever, that's have the enough, that they have the, all the tools to do it, basically. So rather than three days, you are, uh, have a glimpse, and it is a glimpse, three days, it's very quick. And I refer it to the kind of a rocket to NASA sending to the moon, and sometimes they're adjusting the rocket three millimeter in space, and you're asking yourself, what is three millimeter in space? But three millimeter in 60,000 miles mm. different. And that's what the three days is about. That will crescendo in your life because ignorance is a bliss until you know it. Mm. You know it, and now you know it's, it's really just asking to be responsible. So you're hosting hosting these three day retreats. Where do, where do you do that? I do it here in Mayhill, just which is in Gloucestershire. In Gloucestershire. Mm-hmm. So and it's a very beautiful piece of land, very feminine woodland uh, under peach trees, and it's um, it's short three days. Yes, but it's very very profound. So it's a reveal essentially. These three days, it's, like uh, so. you, 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 yeah, it is. Uh, you you. Definitely own it. I know people go back to their life, but they had something that is the river can't go back. I mean, you you, you went through it. So, what 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 is bringing people to to these retreats with you? I think the people who sense that there's something, they, they they could hear something. They're sensing something. There's no again. It's because it's information not available to the modern man. But that's what I mean by tapping to the knowing that we don't know that we know. Mm. There's a knowing there that you you know it's there you can't name it it's probably most of it unnameable until they're actually doing it uh, but there is enough there's enough there to they could hear something mm, some yeah. kind of discontent yeah I think you know there, there's a, some you know we all coming from this very scattered loss and loneliness experience and 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 there's the reason you know that's this the scattered experience it's is that lack of that, you know, is that pond that is the messy pond? Is, well, that's where you feel nobody gets you. And mm. that's really the core of loneliness and, and lost. So, yeah, people put it like that. But, you know, because I'm basically encourage people, um, the opposite is uh, people looking for the rope. And, and I said, it, it's, you know, you don't need the rope, really. What road, when you say that, what, what road do they think they're looking for? I think that, I think, I think that people do. People feel powerless, mm. lost and powerless. That's the, probably the main drive. It's um, 
and okay, maybe I'll do another workshop or another course or another. It's a, it's a, that's where kind of, or take another therapy and until people realize that it's actually it's all within us, it's not, it's another recreational weekend, not going to fix it. Mm. And it's not about fixing it, it's about healing and the healing taking within you. There's no, it's you, you need to lead it. You're the mm. CEO of your own that need to lead it. There's no workshop or, or any other therapy that will fix it. Mm. And I think that's probably what what they come out of it is it's simple manual, but again, simple but not easy to follow mm-hmm. up. But, but it is it's available to all of us. It's about responsibility more than anything else. Yeah, developing that capacity for responsibility and these moments, these these just this this kind of brief the brief reveal, the brief kind of connection with the word connection with myself there that illuminates that allows me to see my capacity my own responsibility yeah. my own kind of groundedness you're experiencing it it's it's you it's not a you don't believe in anything it's not a story mm. it's not about me it's not about it's not another theory it's not another belief system it's not it's 100% 100% you mm. and when you're experiencing it and own it, I think that's the invitation to possibility. It doesn't matter how many times I've done it. I'm, it's a, it's a very, very rewarding to see that landing in such a short time and being in such a glowing space and without trying or fixing it. Or It's simple. What a journey. So all the way, the, that sort of thread all the way from so time with the tribes in the desert, down in the desert, medical emergencies, transformation, <laughs> Arab Springs, uh, then a kind of rebuilding, replenishing, re-vitalizing sort of uh, vitalizing here in, in the UK, running these, running these treats, helping people get a sense of their own power, a sense of their responsibility, a sense of their connection. And the ultimate is the oneness with your own constitution. Yes. Mm. You actually resonate with your own configuration of who you are really on a cellular level, not on a story level. That is the ultimate power. That will that we're ready to serve, I would mm. say. And you made reference earlier to the kind of links with climate change and the kind of fiery planet. How and where do these do these things meet? Well I I interestingly invited to next COP in the desert and that's in November. So it's which I'm going to run a workshop alongside in parallel to the COP in, in Sinai Desert. So that will be my first return to there. So I think the connection is very obvious and profound. I think it's un- unless we manage our own fire, uh, the planet will be fine. It's, it's, it, we really, really need to sort out our own climate. What will you be doing at COP? I'm, I'm running a, a basically the retreats there. That will be kind of, hopefully we can restore. Kind of, it will come, it will be, ve- it's, it's not going to be done in the desert there. So mm-hmm. it will be very different. Set up, but it will be directly to climate change. Mm-hmm. Are we shifting our basically that acidic constitution that we're living in? Mm-hmm. Because what's what happening now? I mean, the, and the diet that we're living in is is just it's just too fiery. It's the red meat, it's the dairy, is the coffee, is the sugar, is the alcohol. It's the, all of that is 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 acidic. But that's only a fraction. Of the the fiery bit and the acidic condition that we're living, big chunk of it is the is the mental diet, of course, mm. because every every stressful thought and this came from the doctor that I've been 
in hospital, every stressful thought that we have cascading to our body and release acid. You know, you can eat as green as much as you like, but at the end of the day, it's, it's, that's the diet that we need to work uh, to be more aware of. And that feels like a really good place to end it. Where, where would people find more about your work and your retreats and I all of this amazing a, well, story? I, I think it's, uh, well, I think if you Google, um, it's called Walking Your Promise, which is an interesting title. Walking Your Promise is to align with your domain, of course. It's who, you know, it's, it's, we are a gateway to life. And, you know, we are very lucky to be here. You know, that like the acorn is a gateway to become a tree. The acorn mm-hmm. is not a tree. Acorn is just have a business plan for 500 years to become a tree. And we are that gateway to that life looking for to do. We're okay with our day job. That's true. But what is our real job here? That's probably, yeah. that's the promise. It's, I describe it as a kind of metaphorically, you know, the dance that looking for the dancer. It's not because you want to be a dance uh, to dance, but if you are a dancer, then the dance will find you. Danny. Thank you very much. Good to talk to you. Beautiful. Wish you all the best. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Danny. Um, To check out more of Danny's work, you can find him at dannyshmulevich.com. To save you the spelling trouble, I'll drop all of the links into the show notes so you can easily find your way there. Maybe you want to check out one of the retreats he runs, uh, which I am also very keen to do. Um, if you like what we're doing, if you like this conversation and you think somebody else would benefit from hearing it, then please share it. Uh, we really appreciate your generosity in that. The time that you take to point one other person to each of these episodes is gold for us. So if you like it, please share it. And if you're interested more generally in what we are doing, please look up peripheral-thinking.com. You'll find your way to the website, the podcast website there is an opportunity to sign up and you can keep up to date with everything that we're doing and keep notified as and when new episodes come online. Meantime, thank you again and we look forward to you joining us next time. Thanks.